Nostalgia Live Show is proudly brought to you by the Hoosier Basketball Academy. Want to improve your game and be an elite athlete? Hoosier Basketball Academy, located in the heart of Hoosier Hysteria, provides an excellent opportunity for student athletes to improve their basketball skills. Their goal at Hoosier Basketball Academy is to provide an opportunity for young athletes to reach their full potential and allow them to compete at the highest level. Using their training model, they believe a solid foundation of fundamentals and muscle memory training is critical for the development of elite basketball players. This can only be achieved if you are mentally tough, have a strong work ethic, and are willing to sacrifice countless hours needed to be the best you can be. The Hoosier Basketball Academy offers high-intensity basketball training focusing on small groups and individual attention needed to improve your game, as well as specialized training and drills done at game speed to push you to your limits and improve overall physical conditioning. One of HBA's goals is to improve the skills and abilities of each player trained by focusing on ball handling, proper shooting mechanics, speed, agility, and footwork allowing you to take your game to the next level. This training is for players that are serious about improving their skills. Hard work pays off and gives you the competitive edge in practice that carries over to games against your biggest rivals. In addition to offering training, HBA fields highly competitive travel teams with many teams quali qualifying for nationals each year. Visit HBAElite.com for more info. Be elite and train to be the best. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. Today I am joined by a father and son duo. I am joined by Pat Rady, who has been in basketball uh, for fi about 52 years, has well over 750 victories, I think 761 to be exact, is a member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, 
And I also have his son, Patrick Jr., with me, who's the head coach of Cloverdale currently. And, now, uh, and I welcome both of you guys. I know you guys have a busy schedule, and I know it's the day before Thanksgiving. And I thank you for taking some time out to, to share your basketball memories of the great state of Indiana and the, basket, the game of basketball that they love and uh, spending some time with us up and helping to keep the nostalgia alive. Thank you so much. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Billy. It's, a, it's our pleasure. Um, so I guess, is it okay, uh, uh, Coach Rady and then Coach Rady Jr., so I can separate you guys during the interview? Works. <laughs> okay. Um, Coach Rady, um, what's your first recollection of the game of basketball, and what was going on in the state of Indiana at that time? Well, I go back to my first uh, experience of actually playing a game was when I was a fifth grader. The uh, sixth grade coach uh, had two of uh, us fifth graders and uh, played for the sixth grade. And I remember going into a gym and, and playing in a very cut down gym. And, a, and believe it or not, a, the heater, the stove, it wasn't out a pot belly stove, but it was, <laughs> it was over the corner. And I was playing, you couldn't shoot very high because the, the, the ceiling was so low. And, and so uh, made sure we, we drove a lot because we couldn't shoot out very far. Because, uh, but that was where they put the, the sixth grade game in. And so uh, I was hooked from then on. And then when I was a sixth grader, uh, the person I had as a coach, Mr. Kopenhauer, I knew then I wanted to be a high school coach in the state of Indiana. And, and, and who, did your dad kind of point out the game to you, your mom? Or did you, it, was it just uh, friends and families in the area that you lived that you picked up the game of basketball? I think it was just the area. I used to watch my neighbor, uh, Bob Hutchins, was had a backcourt. And, you no, know, my dad didn't play, and, and uh, we made sure he got uh, took me to the games when I was little and watched it. And uh, I was pretty much one, uh, you know, the rest of the guys would go out fishing and hunting. I was always shooting a basketball for some reason, and I just took a love of the game. And uh, I was many times I was shooting that hook shot at George Mikan, but I never did grow enough to use it in high school. <laughs> Uh, Coach Rady Jr., what, what was your first recollection of the game? I'm sure it has to do with something with your dad, but what was the first uh, first time you remember basketball and falling in love with it? It would have been at Winchester watching um, my dad's Winchester teams play and, and the uh, passion that, they, you know, just going into the Winchester Fieldhouse and uh, the, the crowd and, and also how the players um, treated treated me and, and my brother and you know one of the things that's always been special about um, you know being around my dad's teams was it, it was all like a family so they we was like it was kind of like I had extended brothers um, you know and they would come by they would sometimes they would babysit us uh, but they were always very good to us um, dad took us on the on bus trips so it's just the, the so I guess for me the locker room experience and kind of growing up and watching dad you know do the pregame speech and postgame speech and then watch and then I really was hooked when my mom and I were and you probably have to ask coach but um, to know exactly what year it was but we were listening on the radio and they were playing Hammond in a tournament and and they Hammond was ranked and I can just remember, they were ranked number one and they they upset. Winchester upset them, and we were going crazy on the radio, and it was just, I just knew at that time that I wanted to be connected with high school basketball in Indiana, you know, for, for my life, that, you know, that, that was going to be my career. Coach Rady, what kind of uh, basketball history did your high school have before you got to high school to play? 
Well, it's mostly a Rochdale. They'd won the county in, uh, at different times, and then uh, uh, basketball was a you know big factor. But we wasn't you know nothing. I think the sectional championship teams were all back before I was you know before I went to, went to school. But it's just a small town, and in Indiana, Billy, you know, I mean, they all uh, basketball was uh, the king uh, for those years in the fifties, and so uh, it was. Uh, Something that uh, on Friday night, that's what everybody went. And we had the base back then. It's kind of on Tuesday, Friday. You really didn't play much Saturday. And this was pre, before, you know, uh, I always felt bad for my wife because I guess she was a pretty good player. But at GAA, and the girls' basketball had not started or got, but when, so when she was in school, she enjoyed playing the game. And, and so she enjoys watching the game and enjoys having the teams down. But so, and I'm not saying it was right, but uh, that's the way it was. And so boys' basketball, and it's a small school. I only had 24 in my class, graduating class. So we didn't have many of the other sports. And so, in fact, believe it or not, my first two years, the boys' uh, fall sport was softball, believe it or not. And I cross country, but it was softball. We didn't get baseball until I was a senior in high school. And uh, so basketball was uh, the sport of that particular era at, at Rochdale. It was a small school, and I grew up. And then uh, Bainbridge was... Uh, seven miles down the road and they had some very outstanding teams and got to the state my senior year and so that brought on uh, a lot of uh, uh, enthusiasm in Putnam County and then when I started coaching I landed a job at Bainbridge and uh, my first year was new, eighth grade New, new Albany and eighth grade coach and then um, Mr. Blue the trustee hired me at Bainbridge and so it was a hard uh, you know it was a harsh rival and so we struggled the first year. We only won six ball games, and so I was getting letters to get out of town and thinking that you know I wouldn't. I wanted Bainbridge to lose because I was from Rochdale, and I didn't want to see Bainbridge win because Rochdale and uh, was a big arch rival. So uh, thank goodness, Mr. Blue and Mr. Steele kept me on, and and the next two years, uh, little town of Bainbridge, we went to Sim State here in Indiana, and the first year we got beat by East Chicago, Washington, Coach by Johnny Rado by three points. And the second year, we went again to the Center State and beat Logansport, who had won the NC, where won the North Central Conference, and then got beat by Lafayette Jeff, coached by Mary Crawley, by three points that night. And at the same time, Cloverdale, where I'm coaching, they went to the Final Four with Coach Jim Miller. Uh, the uh, second year, uh, I think that the new year, where we got beat by Chicago. And so they went to, and uh, you know, two schools in the same county, it was kind of unique. The only way we would have met was in a championship game. And so Cloverdale got there and, and got beat by a close game by Indianapolis Tech. So that's kind of a brief story of how my career started. And as Paul Harvey says, now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> I wonder how many people out there will go, Paul Harvey, who's that? <laughs> okay, Bill. I forget, Billy. Yes, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I know who Paul Harvey is, so that's a good sign. Okay. <laughs> Patrick, did you play basketball under your dad? No, actually, I, I was cut. Um, I played. Oh, the, you wouldn't bring it up. But it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, because I I was on the C team as a sophomore, and then just um, we were we were very good at Terre Haute South. When uh, I, I believe four of the five guys that play all played college basketball, and uh, the other one uh, was an NFL tight end, Tony McGee. Um, and, and was an Indiana All-Star, so and we were ranked number one. And um, but 
I grew four or five inches after high school, and and my dad really wanted to hold me back, and and probably back then we should have. But uh, the one thing he set me down and said, you know, to be a coach, you don't have to be an outstanding player. And so he would he encouraged me to study the game, and I was able to um, get a sixth grade coaching job. Um, Steve Heck, who was the director at the boys' club at the time in Terre Haute, allowed me the opportunity to coach as a senior in high school. And so Dad had, had told me that that's what he did when he was a senior, was coach the uh, sixth grade team. He had with, with his high school coach at recommendation. So I took his recommendation. I kept stats uh, and was at all the practices and then went to the boys' club and, and coached a team. So I kind of got my start uh, in 1988 coaching a sixth grade team at the boys club. You know, most of the people are going to know what you're talking about when you're talking about the boys club, which I think is right across the street from Cromwell Hall there in Terre Haute, right? Yes, sir. But uh, tell me the people that have funneled and filed through there. That list has got to be huge. Oh, you know, just from Terre Haute South, Brian Evans, Steve Hart, Tony McGee, Steve Richardson, Cam Cameron, uh, Kevin Thompson, Armand Bassett, Maynard Lewis, yeah, the Jimmy Smith that, that played at Indiana State, and you know, let's don't forget the Larry Bird. We uh, <laughs> spent a lot of time over there. Um, yeah, he to it, and so, and yeah, so the boys' club was very instrumental in mine. We, Max Jones uh, and Dad had a great friendship there, and and Dad kind of started their summer basketball camp there. So I was able to, uh, to get a love of the game and, and be able to use the boys club as a, as a tool. And, and in fact, uh, Anthony Thompson was another guy, you know, Heisman trophy runner up there. So yeah, the Terrell boys club has been very good for the athletes in Terre Haute. And I know we're probably missing so many. But... Oh, oh no, a, a fabulous place. I was taken there one time uh, with Coach Red Taylor and an AAU team. Now, I did not play the game. I, I pretty much stunk it up, so that's why I, uh, you know, I told you on the outset. But uh, uh, just a fabulous place that it, when you, on the outset, when you look at it, you're like, you know, uh, basketball legends aren't here, but, but, but it's, they are. That's true. Uh, uh, Patrick, what, uh, where did you end up after you graduated from South going to college and, and getting your teaching degree from? I went to Indiana State University, and I was, that's where um, I, I was a manager for uh, Coach Locke for one year, and then uh, uh, the freshman job came open. In Terre Haute, it was kind of weird. Back then, uh, it was in 10 through 12 at the high school, and then um, 7, 8, and 9 at the middle school. So I, I, back in 1992, I, and while I was kind of finishing up school, I coached the freshman team, and then I coached the 8th grade team. Um, so in college, I was able to get some experience in the program at, at Terre Haute South. So that, that was kind of nice being able to go to Indiana State. I've learned a lot from uh, Coach Locke and one of his assistants, Coach Navasek, took me uh, under his wing there and was able to um, just experience a college practice. That was one of the things that, that my dad had uh, encouraged me to do. And so I was able to develop some lifelong friendships with some players as well. And in fact, one of them, uh, Greg Thomas, is my assistant coach today. So it was a great experience for me being in town, still being able to be, able to be mentored by my dad. Um, and then at the same time, um, you know, I got a great education at Indiana State University. 
uh, Greg Thomas, former Speedway spark plug, right? Yes, yes, yes. You remember well. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Coach Rady, when you uh, uh, were getting ready to end your basketball career in high school, did you have, uh, did you go on, you went on and played, at, did you go on and play at Hanover or did you have other choices that you could have gone and played? No, I didn't have many choices. I I was able, you know, if I walked across the black line there at Rosedale and didn't trip over and still chew gum and not swallow, <laughs> I, so, so I was, uh, but uh, my high school coach, Mr. Oral, uh, was, was a Hanover graduate, and he knew the uh, athletic director and so forth. So he uh, got me in there, and, and my first year I got cut, Billy. Uh, and then he called me, and that's when I thought, boy, you know, how can I coach when I can't play the game? And so, and that's was my been my lifelong dream for a long time. And so he sat me down and and uh, said, you know, who said you had to be a great player to coach? And of course, I passed that same philosophy on to. To Patrick right. and some other players, I think a, a young man down in Texas that knows you as well, Carl Turk, and we talked there at night, and, and uh, he mentioned you as well. And I said that you would be having a, uh, a phone interview with you, and uh, so I, uh, he said, go ask the coach if you can keep stats, and, and so I did, and so I kept stats and and studied the game, and that year at the end of the year, my my first paycheck that I got from. Uh, Eli Lilly, I worked at Eli Lilly in Indianapolis, a subsidiary of Eli Lilly, and uh, put up lights on the outdoors. And thank goodness I had neighbors that would let me shoot out there until 11 o'clock at night, even though I had to get up at 4.30 to get to Indianapolis. The next day, I stayed out there and shot. And then I, uh, and also it helped me get to know Mr. Blue because I barnstormed with his two sons, Jeff and, and Mike. And Jeff went on and played, had a great career at Butler. And uh, that's how I got to know Mr. Blue. And then he in turn... Uh, hired me at, at Bainbridge, but uh, so I made the team, made the team, and so then right before the first game in practice, I got kind of undercut, came down, landed on my back, and so they thought I'd broke my back for a while. So I had to wear a brace, could not play that year, so I had to go and be, a, you know, I knew what it was to be injured, and then so then the last two years, my junior and senior year, I got to play and, and uh, some, and I was never a starter except one game when one of the players was sick. I got to start that game, but. I was never an outstanding player, but uh, Henry College uh, really was a big factor in my life. Meeting Dutch Struck, who is an outstanding uh, athletic person, but even more an outstanding person. So I owe so much to Henry College of what, and then Mr. Oral, my high school coach, and uh, helping me develop into the philosophy I have. And, and uh, I can never, uh, Dutch, of course, has passed on, but what a great person. And uh, I know I would not be sitting here today or had the career I had without those two individuals being in my life. Mr. Oral, my high school coach, and Dutch Struck, the athletic director, I got to, uh, thank goodness my typing teacher in high school convinced me to take two years of typing. And, that's great. and, and even on the computer, I can still type on the computer. <laughs> and I don't have to look. So, uh, but thank you, because uh, Dutch always wanted a, a, a boy uh, to be his secretary, and so I got to be that for three years. Because I could type, and at that time, on even on a manual typewriter, I was around 60 to 65 words per minute. So uh, that was considered pretty good for a, a boy, I guess. And so uh, I uh, that landed me a job. And so uh, even though I was in that second year of typing class, and I was the only boy in that class, but I was uh, uh, I kept my mind on the keys and, and got to learn to be a good typist. But even though all those pretty girls around me, I, I stayed focused, <laughs> Billy. Coach, tell me, I know this is going to be a, a really large question, but uh, walk us through your coaching career up until Cloverdale and, uh, and, and let us also know how hard was it to leave 
those positions to go to the next position. Okay. Well, Billy, I don't, I hope I, I don't know how to say this, but I've been very fortunate. The good Lord has blessed me in so many ways that whenever I went to any position, I was contacted by that school. So I never, you know, in fact, a couple of them already signed a contract and then they said, oh, by the way, you've got to fill out an application. So uh, I was very fortunate. But my first career, coaching career was at Bainbridge, a small school there in Putnam County. And, and then I would have probably died or been fired. I would have never left Bainbridge if they had, but they went into consolidation. And uh, I then went into consolidation, and uh, some things just did not work out that I thought. And so Winchester called me and asked if I would come up for an interview. And, and it's funny how things happen because uh, I walked out of the interview and I told my wife, I said, you know, let's get us a pizza and go home because I didn't impress the principal at all. He just sat there with his arm crossed and did not ask one question. And they tried to make a long story short, and I don't know how long this interview is, Billy, so you tell me that I need to speed up or you're, cut off. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Uh, and so uh, the principal, and I said, I'd, they wanted me to stay overnight because I was the last one on the interview. And of course, Winchester back to Bainbridge, and I was coming back for the uh, super highways, and it was high, kind of hard to get there. And so I, I was leaving around 1045, I think, and, and uh, they asked me, I said, no, that's cool. At Bainbridge, the principal, when I left there at 3.30, was expected to be there the next day, and I said, I'll be there, Lord willing. And so I get back, and sure I get a phone call at school that next morning at 7.30, and thank goodness I was there. A lot of times I was kind of pretty close, but that day I had to be there at 7.30, and, and they come in. And Now, if you've ever watched Hoosiers, I always thought every school must have been built like that because we only had one phone that was in the principal's office, so I get the phone call, and there my principal at the time was there, and and it's Mr. Dr. Glenn, the superintendent, and he said, well, I just wanted to know if you got home okay. And I said, yes, fine. Said, well, we just had enjoyed your interview, and we'd like to offer you the job. And I said, whoa. I said, oh, I wasn't expecting this. And then they were supposed to have some more interviews that night. And I said, well, can I ask you a question? And he said, yes. I said, what did the principal say? You know, I said, what was his opinion? He said, he's the one that suggested that we call and hire you. He didn't want to interview anybody else. He was satisfied with you. And I said, boy, he has a funny way of showing his <laughs> feelings. And so, but anyway, we came very close, Mr. Jones, and, and very close, and uh, uh, one of the best administrators I ever worked for. And so, so I was there, and then uh, uh, five years, I did one year in the Southmont. We thought we wanted to get back home and, and close to where our parents were because we had two children at that. Well, we had Patrick, and then Michael was, uh, uh, Margaret was expecting with Michael. And, so, but it, things didn't work out, and so we was, went back to Winchester. It was kind of odd, but that was, again, the principal calling me and wanting me to come back, and and things, I was uh, having to be going a lot at Southmont. I took an athletic director job, and so I was just missing the family. I was uh, gone from, really from, uh, the only time I'd be with them or see them was really on a Sunday. And so when Winchester offered me a, a chance to come back, uh, it was a, uh, with some student teachers with a nice pay raise and they found a house a house that we could rent at a very reasonable price and it's just something I didn't feel I could turn down of course as a family. And then uh, we was uh, we had that great year that uh, Patrick talked about there when we knocked off Hammond and then won the Huntington Holiday Tournament beat Huntington that night. And I remember Bob Strait coming up to me after the game and he was not the coach. Marvin Tudor was the coach and he said, I don't know if you realize I know you're related on your game this afternoon when you beat Hammond, 
but to win this tournament is something very rare too. He said, this is the only second time we've lost it. And uh, he said, the only other time was East Chicago Roosevelt, and they went on and won the state. I said, oh boy, putting the pressure on, go tell the fans that, but Winchester. And so, uh, but we had a great year, we finished ranked 12th, that's back in the uh, one class tournament. And uh, then we got beat by Muncie North in the regional. Kids played well, but Muncie North just had a better game that day, and we just, uh, struggled at times, but it was a cool. We gave him, it was a heck of a ball game. And so then the next morning, I get a call from Blake Ress, who was at that time was athletic director at Shelbyville. And he asked if I would want to come down and interview at Shelbyville. And Billy, any school that contacted me, I always went and interviewed with them. I never turned anybody down. They, if they saw fit in me that they wanted to interview me for some reason, now maybe it didn't always work out. Uh, they didn't want me afterwards, or I didn't choose to go at some of the places that I uh, have been asked to interview. I have interviewed, and I've turned down, and they've been some that they've turned down that, that didn't precede me afterwards before that. So was there five years and uh, at Shelbyville. I had great, uh, great teams and uh, great, uh, great community and uh, good fan support. They really got behind us and and uh, would. Had uh, I think I had something like 14 or 16 losing seasons in a row, and we added two to it. And I thought, oh, the third year, as a third-year contract, and so we had to win. And fortunately, those guys won that year. And uh, during the coal strike, and so we had some uh, success there again. You know, I had players at all the places I've been. You know, they've uh, uh, you don't make chicken salad out of chicken feathers. Now, my Billy, my dad used a different term, but on this radio, I better keep it as feathers. <laughs> and so. Uh, so I was there five years, enjoyed it, and I was teaching summer school and had a basketball program at Chavez. I think it was in June, I want to think. it was. Uh, and I came home for lunch, and, and Margaret says, uh, I got an interview for you set up. And I said, where? I thought, who's the engineer? She said, well, it's a terrible child. Well, and then they had been state final three years in a row. I said, you know, because uh, Mr. Neff had retired, and, and, and I said, uh, well, they're not going to want me. I'm, you know, they're going to go after somebody big. And so I said, well, you know, they called one of you come over here. I said, well, so I set it up. I said, so we went over there. And again, I didn't feel in the interview. I uh, was just three people, the personnel man, the principal, and the athletic director of uh, the Bago Schools Corporation. So my mall, or my wife went to the mall, and, and she came back, and so it came out, and I said, Never. I just had a feeling that the interview didn't go that well. So I said, "Well, I hope you enjoyed your short time at the mall." I said, "We're. I don't think I'll be asked back on this." And, and Mr. Maxar, the next day, who was the new principal, called me at Shelbyville and asked me. He said, uh, "Why don't you go to Terre Haute with me?" And so I said, "Well, you want to meet you a certain place? We got another interview." He said, "No, you don't understand what I mean." He said, "I want you to come and be my coach." And so it really got me. <laughs> and so uh, there in June, and so uh, it was kind of mixed. And I'll say this, uh, about every place I left, there was tears in my eyes and tears rolling down my cheeks. I hated to leave every place I had coached because it meant so much to me. I get involved in the communities. Communities got involved with our family, and and, and I loved every community I was at, and so it was tough. But also there was a, a challenge in me that people, that every place I went to, uh, it motivated me to try to still stay in the game, and, and even when Cloverdale called me and asked me to come over, because I was just gonna, kind of going to retire. I was going to go one more year at Terrell South and completely retire and go down and watch Patrick's teams play. And, and, uh, 
It was just uh, so. It's been a uh, lifelong uh, dream, and, and uh, like I say, my Lord has blessed me that that I've stayed healthy. I was fortunate to never miss a game in the 51 years. It was uh, it would be at, uh, every game. I didn't miss some practice because of sickness, but uh, I was able to uh, be part of uh, Indiana history of, of basketball for well, I'd say 51 years. But if you start back in the fifth grade, there, you know, you had those seven or eight years and four years of college, so. Since about 1952-53, I've been involved in basketball in some form. And even when I was in college, I always came back for the county tournaments or the sectionals and, and to watch the, the local teams and my high school team play because that's the way it was. And uh, I still uh, I love and cherish this great game that we feel that, uh, you know, like I say, so many times they say it was invented in Massachusetts, but Indiana has adopted it, and I don't think there's any better place and to coach basketball in high school in the state of Indiana. It's just uh, uh, a dream come true for me, and I cherish every year, and I still cherish the game. And I mean the high school game of Indiana basketball is what I cherish the most. Well said. Uh, Patrick, when did you start uh, coaching uh, with your dad? I started coaching with him in the fall of 94, and that, that was when I first started teaching. So I was at Terre Haute South for nine years there, and we had some very good teams. Um, and we had uh, Maynard Lewis, who was a runner-up for Mr. Basketball and went to, went to Purdue. Uh, that, and the team he was on uh, as a junior in 1997, the last year of one class, uh, we won the last Terre Haute sectional. And that was in the Holman, back in the Holman Center then. Um, I always remember going to the Holman Center. It was such a neat experience to, uh, playing the, the games there, whether it be a, a, a crosstown shootout with, with Terrell North or the, the IHSA sectional or the regional. And, you know, there was nothing like, you know, the sunlight coming, you know, when the door, those doors would, op- would open up. Um, and so it, it was a, a great experience. To be there, I kind of kind of volunteered a little bit when I was in college, whenever I could, and, and kept stats or um, exchanged film or watched a little film for him when I was in college, and was around the uh, '91 team, which was uh, the semi-state champion team with uh, Brian Evans, Steve Hart, um, and that team was was just was phenomenal. Um, to, to be around, and then uh, kind of from there, uh, like I said, he encouraged me to 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 get out and be a a manager. Excuse me, um, at at Indiana State, so I could get a, a little bit different viewpoint. Um, and, and so when I came back, I was able fortunate to to get a teaching job at Terre Haute South and taught there in the business department for nine years. You know, Patrick, there's the perception of what Coach Tate's lock was like, and there's the reality. Will you let me know what the reality was? The reality was that the guy could really coach. I, I mean, in one year I learned a lot. I learned a lot about um, preparing for practice, preparing for your opponent, uh, the motion offense. I fell in love with the motion offense. 
uh, and we were able to, you know, we were fortunate to be able to go to Coach Knight's practices as well uh, with him recruiting players, and, and, and Coach Knight and Dad's relationship was very was very good, and um, so I just fell in love with, with motion and screens and reading the screens, and then so I, I, I was, Coach Locke was, was very good to me, and I'll tell you, it, it, he always had a game plan. And and so and Indiana State's been very fortunate to have some really extremely good coaches. Uh, even you know, Coach Waltman, I was able to work his camps and and learned a lot from him. Um, Coach Lansing has opened the doors for us. So uh, Indiana State, we've been very fortunate in my time at Terre Haute, being able to to learn from from the coaches there and be able to you know transfer that over in, into our coaching. How both of you guys? How intense was? The Terre Haute South, Terre Haute North uh, rivalry. <laughs> uh, Michigan, Ohio State. Is that right? <laughs> you name it, and it would it would mount, it would right, be right up there, Billy. Uh, kids got their haircuts the day before the game. Uh, you, you some guys got new shoes before the you know. It was just uh, there's always a line down there on the cigar back in the room in the cigar store that I didn't want to hear about, but. <laughs> Uh, boys are now AK coach. The line is this, and oh my land! <laughs> um, and it was Channel Four that used to be the game of the week. Yeah. Um, when, when they had the Thursday night game. Yeah, I don't know if now if I'm staying, showing my age, Billy, but the, you know the game of the week <laughs> Channel Four. <Yeah. laughs> WTTV. Yeah, right. You got it yeah. exactly. Hey, um, I, I know I'm going to go on a little sad note here, and I I, I knew him. I didn't know him well. I, I had the opportunity, one of his favorite NBA players was Jeremy Lin, and I had the opportunity to get him. I, I, I'm not a big shot, but I had the opportunity, just the way I wrote a letter, to get uh, uh, Coach Mike Saylor to uh, see a Rocket game here in Houston when he came down here for treatment. But tell us a little bit about Coach Saylor that everybody doesn't uh, uh, out there that needs to know. Well, I'll try to brief on Mike as, a, as, as my assistant, and then I'll let Pappy talk of the, the friendship. They got a bond that was... Unbelievable by the uh, even for the, right up to the end, what Patrick done for his to take films of his daughter playing tennis and bring it back to him and let him watch in the, in the hospital room and so forth. But uh, Mike was, you know, he, he was a self made player. Uh, he was the one that got cut in, in high school uh, when they had those good years that uh, they went three years in a row. And, then he went as a walk-on in Indiana State and ended up getting a letter, earning a scholarship and, and lettering at Indiana State. He just kept making himself get better and better. And then he wanted to be a coach, and he stayed on at Indiana State and, and stayed there and made calls. And, and uh, he, even the, the young athletes in, in Africa that uh, Matumbo wasn't it? The that, Matumbo. He almost had him at Indiana State through Mike's efforts. And so he just, and so funny, he talked to me about coming down and, and just being a volunteer, and he he did, and so he's like a sponge. He just was he would come by the house, and and the boys liked him, and he uh, he was single, and he'd come by. We had the game, we'd have pizza, and we'd go home and talk about the game. Many times we'd just stay in the gym there, Billy, and until about two o'clock in the morning. And I know my wife and I were where I was at, and, and we were just talking basketball and how we could improve. And he had a great basketball mind, and he developed it, and uh, over the course of years, and and we learned to study the game together, and. And I might add this, Billy. I think these young coaches out there don't ever fail to contact the coaches. And I was fortunate enough to get the National Federation of Coach of the Year award in 
a year, a year ago, 2014. And that, to me, was a tribute to guys like Mike and all my other assistant coaches. It'd be too, new, too many to, new, to name right now. But other coaches that I uh, at clinics and went to watch clinics, I called them even up to my last year of coaching. I looked at videos and bought videos that uh, I thought would help what we were trying to do, and I contacted other coaches. And, and Mike was this way. And this is where I really miss Mike. Well, now I'm in coaching, but uh, we would talk. Even when he was still coaching at South and I was coaching over here, we'd talk and we'd meet. And he was just a super person that that knew the game and was a self-taught player, self-taught coach in many times. He, he far too many times he gave me credit for I thought what he done, but uh, I uh, it made me feel good. And... Uh, what a loyal person he was. And, and like I say, all the good things you heard about Mike, they were true and probably more so because he would stay in the line, he'd stay in the back, uh, so would say, uh, not in the limelight and he, what he would do and what he'd do for players and what he'd do for you as an individual. So that was my relationship. And, and I miss him dearly, just like I, we lost another coach that I helped get started, Jim Shaw, who was a coach at Rose Holman and had great success at Rose Holman. I got him started in coaching when he didn't think he didn't know about where he wanted to be a coach. He wanted to be a coach, but he didn't know about doing it. He started to volunteer for two years and then uh, helped me get on at Rose Holman. So uh, to lose those two guys in a matter of a year. Uh, Jim died one day before it had been a year for the death of uh, the passing of Mike. So, yes, uh, I'm glad you brought it up, Billy, because he, he has been a big part of my life, and and I'm Glad I was able to get through it without breaking up because it's very hard for me today to still talk about those two guys because they are so they are so important. And I'm gonna let Patty talk now, okay? Well, yes. I know those guys. Okay, you talk. Yeah, Mike got to know him when I was in college. He worked at the the YMCA, and he would let me come in like on a on a free pass, and I would just get and and just kind of hang out and talk to him and. Um, he was a sub when I was in high school, so that's kind of how we first met him. And then we just started to talk basketball and NBA trivia or whatever. It, the the best times with Mike would be bus trips. And when we were at Terrell South, you know, we would travel to Evansville, and you'd get back like at 1.30 in the morning. Well, you know, half the people would be – Coach Saylor and I would be – Talking and you know for two hours, uh, then coach would send us. We would you know to go scouting to Evansville, and we'd get in the, back in the days and get to the gas station and load up on our Mountain Dew and just have great talks about life, basketball, everything. Kind of shifted. Uh, he was in my wedding, and you know we every, you, you had um, you had sail, sailorisms. They were they were just, <laughs> and I'm sure you probably you know what little you. Yeah, I'm sure you you probably had a, a couple, but he was just king of the of the one-liners. Uh, you know, like a, you know maybe a guy couldn't play an iPod. You know, he would look at another guy, and and so uh, he, he just he had a a great way of keeping you relaxed too on the bench. Um, the one thing I will really admire about his coaching was he was he was not afraid to go away from the status quo. I mean. He, uh, what what would be necessarily popular opinion? He went to the three point shot, and 
uh, you know, a lot of people were very, you know, critical, but he, that was, he was able to take a, a small group of, of guys that didn't have the size and, and be able to compete in the mid-conference uh, on a different, you know, you know, kind of a different way of playing and was able to cause a lot of teams' problems. And he was very successful at doing that. But he developed and, and he developed a system where they shot so many shots, and and he wasn't worried about what people were going to say in the stands, uh, because ultimately Mike was one of the fiercest competitors that I ever uh, had had the chance to to um, to just kind of be be by, and you know just to because I think that's you know one of the things that my dad's always said when I went into coaching was you can't listen to the people on the stands or else, you know, you know, you're going to be up there sitting with them. And so Mike was definitely that way. He, uh, he wanted to find a way to beat you. And so when he had to go against the Lawrence Norths and the Warren Centrals, uh, you know, a lot of times people complained and Tara, well, we can't compete against the mix schools or what. And Mike was going to find a way to beat you. And, and I think, you know, that's, you know, that's a byproduct of why, you know, our DNA was very similar, and you know, dad coaches. You know, he's not going to brag him, but he's out really a, a big competitor. Um, you know, I will say, growing up, I can't even remember ever beating my dad in anything. You know, he, he you know, if we did, we had to earn it. You know, whether it was cards, checkers, uh, playing outside, so that competitive spirit um, was in us, and that's where Mike and I just. We just hit it off because we were we were both ultra competitive, and so uh, just to the end, I you know that's the the thing that I miss the most are the text messages. Um, he loved Jeremy Lynn. He loved the way he could come off a ball screen and how he could read. Uh, just you know, up to the you know the final final days, was, was able to go to the hospital and just still, you know, we went and talked basketball, and and uh, it was just. Uh, special friendship you know and to kind of leave it on a a a funny note and not to leave it sad you know the first time we'd go down to the rec center to play basketball and the first time I met Mike I was it was kind of like you know you had that premature gray hair and or white hair and and we were like who's this old man playing with the college kids (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was Mike (laughs) yeah coach Rady uh I I I know there's there's too many teams to talk about, but is there a handful of your teams that you really had, you really enjoyed coaching, and even even if you had a successful year or didn't have a successful year, are there any any memories of any of those teams that you know that you really enjoyed and would like to share? Well, now you know you're going to think that this is I'm a politician and going to give you a political answer, but Billy, I would have stayed in it for 51 years if I didn't enjoy every year, every team, and even the teams that. Uh, you know, I look back at uh, the teams that struggled and had a losing record, but yet at sectional time they were very competitive. And you know, uh, one of those at Shogo uh, comes to my mind. We only won uh, four games all year, but then we got to the final game of the sectional. And, yeah, we got to the final game of the sectional. You only stop here. I'm sorry about the traffic here. Okay. After school, so there's no we also need the following. And I told my son just the other day, I said, you know, there's two days that I always look forward to in coaching basketball. And that was the first day the tryout started because everybody was enthused and, and getting excited about coming out and working hard. And they were going to, you know, give their very best because they didn't want to, they wanted to make the team. And, 
and the second day is the first game because the first game gives you the challenges. It shows you the things you you know maybe you've got to work on, and it's a process that throughout the year that you can't. You know, you're going to have to maybe work with this kid in a different way than you work with another player. You might have to talk to this kid individually. You can't really chew out this kid in front of people because they're not going to, you know. But this kid, you can drive. you got to get after him because that's what he takes. And, and I think that's the key to at coaching is to find out what motivates each player and then what brings them together as a team. And when you see them mesh like that by the end of the year, uh, it's kind of like the old saying, poetry in motion, but you just love to see a group of individuals come together and play as a team. And that's what our strive was uh, throughout. And then uh, the only, I, I guess might say there's two days that I kind of hated, and that was the cut day because I, I knew how I felt when I got cut. And so it really hurts me to cut. And I always tried to do it individually. I didn't like, like putting up a list. I'd like to call the kid in. If he's an underclassman, I'd try to say some things what he could do to help and maybe he could still come out or be a manager or do it. Then he could come back and then hopefully maybe next year. and. And he could make it. And then the the last, the second date I hated, you never knew when it was going to come along because it would be the last game that of that particular season, and you had to say goodbye to your seniors because the player, you know, I'm probably not the easiest guy to play for. I admit that. My wife said she had no way she'd play for me, and she <laughs> said uh, so. Uh, she came to one practice and and uh, ring the brownies, and then I was chewing on some kid. I don't know what it announced so long ago. When I got home, she said, I would not play for you. How can you chew that boy out and he plays so hard for you? I said, that's the last time you'll come to practice. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so, so but she, she'll bake some brownies when they want or cookies, whatever team, whichever team, they, what they wanted. Uh, but I always hate to see the seniors leave. So many times I didn't even want to go back to the graduations. I would, uh, we have a, a neat thing that we've done. And, and is this too long, Billy? You oh, no, care no, if I no, share this good. with you? It was no, something we kind of done that, over a period of time, I'd done things for seniors and, and would honor them and they'd have them by the house or we'd give them a, a trophy say, have character, don't be one, or when the winner, uh, quitter never wins, or that saying, you know, that type. But we hit on it at the end there towards my last few years at South and here that the last game, and we kind of had to do away because people would stay around, but we would either after the last game or they made the next practice before we'd run the sectional. We'd bring the seniors in, and we'd have them in the locker room, and we'd have the gym lights turned off at maybe one light over the, the basket, and we'd put a ladder. We'd put a ladder there on, on the uh, underneath the basket, and uh, then we'd put three chairs or four chairs. How many seniors we had were the manager or the players? And then I would go in and talk to them in the locker room and say, well, I want you to go out those doors and into the gym one last time. Uh, and, of course, they'd be in their street clothes. Or, well, usually when it was at home, and we used to do it with her. But we still let them get dressed and let them go out. And then I'd let they'd sit down there, and then I'd let each assistant coach talk to them and tell them what it meant for them to play for Terrell South or Cloverdale, or you know, and what recall some of the things that maybe happened in the floor in the gym and or in the season. And then I finish it up, and uh, we have the, the ladder in the net. I said, you know, next week, 64 teams will walk up that ladder and uh, cut the pizza net down because they're sectional champions. I said, you may or may not get a chance to do that. But, you know, and also I tell them what they've done and that time for me, and I appreciate it. Maybe I said, so now I want you to take these scissors and walk up that ladder and get a piece of net because of all the time you've spent on this floor, all the time you've given to our school, you know, and I'll name the school in Cloverdale, and the dedication you've given to, to me as a, as a coach 
And uh, but the bottom line is, you've been a champion for Coach Reedy, and I appreciate it. And I give them the net. And then when they walk up to get, and then they come down, I give them a little plaque. It used to have a little pigment where they could put the net on, but now I found a place that would do the jersey, just an exact replica of the jersey. And so it's got the jersey and the number. And I said that I'll say their name, you know, uh, uh, Patrick. <laughs> and said, in, uh, in appreciation for your dedication, effort, and time you've given to Clodell High School Basketball, Coach Reedy. And I can't do it today. I still can't do it without tears rolling down my eyes. And I wish I could, because uh, it means so much to me and what they've done for me. But I just could never do it. I could never get over that point of not, but uh, we've given that and uh, that plaque and, and, and that. And then my son, and we have a big picture, and then Patrick, we give him the, the four buffet, five-foot picture of them that we have on the wall. And to show them that, you know, it may or may not end in a win, but every team, I've ended up giving that. And even... After I did that, you know, I even went back to five years at Bainbridge because I developed that later on, and we had a five-year reunion of all the five years I was there, and, and I gave them, I wrote out something like that and, and gave each player one of those and had a piece of net down at the bottom of it and, and told them, that, you know, that my coaching career would not have occurred if it hadn't been for my years at Bainbridge, and not knocking any of the other schools, but I was thought I was going to get fired. I thought I had a losing season. I didn't think I'd cut out for coaching. And uh, so I, it's uh, Bainbridge, uh, you know, as A.J. Floyd, I love auto racing. I wouldn't be from Indiana if I didn't love it. So uh, besides basketball, and I, uh, uh, A.J. Floyd said that Indianapolis 500 made him as a race driver. He didn't make the 500, and that's the same way I feel about coaching. Uh, Bainbridge made me the coach I am because uh, it gave me the love of the game. And then Winchester, Southmont, Cheville, Terrell South, and Clodell, all just added to it, all the teams, all the players, all the assistant coaches. I can't name one. It's like the hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one. I have too many. I can't count. We, I, would, uh, I don't have enough time left in my life to, to count all the blessings that I have received. So, Billy, I hope I didn't get too emotional or off it, but uh, I'm too long, but uh, it's nice to reminisce about those things now, I guess, when I get to this age. And so I thank you for the time you let me share about those and, and uh that moment that we do to seniors at the end, I just think that's something special. Oh, no, that's amazing. So, uh, Co uh, Coach Patrick, uh, what kind of team do you guys have this year? Are you coming off a 22-6 and six record, right? <laughs> right. Um, well, we, we lost 64 points a game last year, so we, we spent a lot of time on, on guarding in, in practice. Uh, we have uh, an all-state player in, in Cooper Nice who um, – the the Nice family here is well at uh, uh, entrenched in Cloverdale basketball. Uh, Cooper's brother was on the 2007 team uh, that won the sectional, and obviously we won the sectional last year, 2015. And their father was on the 82 and 83, um, uh, well actually 81, 82, and 83 sectional champions, and the semi-state team in 83. So. Um, Cooper, uh, outstanding, outstanding player. Um, and last night uh, we were able to to get a win on the road to start off one and zero, and he had twenty six, uh, eight rebounds, and uh, five assists for us. And then uh, for we're talking history of high school basketball. William Moore, who played at Southport on uh, the Final Four team in nineteen ninety, 
his youngest son, Jalen Moore, is our point guard, and he had 14 and 6 assists last night, and he's just a sophomore. And so those two have spent a lot of time in the gym getting better to try to carry on, as, as Coach Rady would say, the torch from one year to the other. So we're off to a good start. They're, they're working hard in practice. Um, we've got other guys that are they're filling their roles uh, very well. And uh, our JV team won last night. We've got a seventh grade team that's 3-0. and So we're doing what we can to uh, keep the Cloverdale tradition uh, going strong here in basketball. Uh, uh, Coach Rady, is it so? So, are you do you, do you just give it? You give advice to your son? Are you out of the game? Are you done? <laughs> well, no. I, I told Billy. I said I didn't even in my letter. I didn't use the word retire. I said <laughs> stepping down because I said uh, retire is when you're tired of doing something. You want to get away from it. And uh, you know, I just uh, I still love the game and uh, and uh, have a passion for it. So I was at the game last night, and and the only bad thing I done is I still hogged at the referees a couple of times, and I, I should have done that. But uh, I uh, so it's. Uh, I uh, no, I have been in practice. I think it's his his ring now, and I'll, I'm there if if he wanted to ask me a thing. He knows that he has a great knowledge of the game. He's prepared himself, and and uh, I was uh, very impressed with his coaching last night. I thought that he was well prepared, and and for the first game, I was uh, extremely impressed. I had to look as they they came out uh, guns a blazing and and ran off 14-0 on the start, and. Uh, was uh, had a thirty point lead at, at halftime. I said, "Geez, I don't know. I don't know if I know what to do with a thirty point lead at halftime." So, uh, they, it's it's fun just watching games or watch games on on TV. I still uh, I get coaches that send me stuff, and so I end up looking at that. And if I like it, I pass it on to him and just say, "Hey, this is uh, FYI for your information. You can keep it, or you can post it, or uh, save it, or delete it." And uh, but that's just. And I do that to other coaches. I have things that uh, other coaches I send to. And, and uh, in fact, I spent about 50 minutes talking to Carl Turk the other night and uh, before he played his game, and he, he got a win. He called me last night and said, hey, thanks for the time you gave me and some of the things you suggested uh, was beneficial, and we got our first win. And so I said, well, that's great. And that's what he said. Hey, two of the coach trees, uh, coaching trees won last tonight. And I said, yep, it made a good good evening. So I don't think I'll, you know, uh, I'd have to, uh, I don't think I'll ever get away from basketball because they've been out too long and love the game. So I'll always watch it, but I'll keep my mouth shut unless somebody asks me for it. I don't. I. I, I, want, I don't want to be one of those to uh, just come in and, and say, "Okay, this is uh, this is what I see," and so forth. I'm. I hope I never get to that point, uh, Billy. You know, Patrick, I, I'm saying they may tell you differently. So I, I hope you'll be honest but, uh, to let you know on on my role. I know I just I'm here, and, and uh, but I uh, I wouldn't have stepped down if I didn't realize that he was more than ready and to get a chance to coach Cooper Nice, I wanted to have that opportunity because Cooper is special and uh, you and I've been fortunate the Lord's blessed me to coach players like that and uh, I thought you know at least uh, maybe he can forgive me a little bit for cutting him for letting me uh, have a co- get a coach a player like Cooper so I'll shut up and I'll see if he wants to add anything to that. <laughs> no I think that you know I would be stupid not to. You know, I've called. I've probably talked to you know five or six different different coaches, and Coach Rady's definitely one of them. I will every now and then email or call him. Hey, what would you do on this screen or with this defense? How did you know what do you, what do you think? And 
I, I think as a coach, you, you get you have to do that. And one of the things I know I'm looking forward to is uh, Dad and, and and Coach Patterson coming over and just evaluating our practice um, and being able to get a, a. I think one of the things when when you're coaching, you you see your kids every day, and so a lot of times. It, some things maybe become numb to you or you don't pick up on little things. And I think having an extra set of eyes, especially with the success that uh, Coach Rady here and Coach Patterson have, to, for them to be able to come in, into your practice and be able to you know, give you some ideas, some, some things that maybe you just don't see. And, and I think you know, that's one of the things that I think in teaching and coaching – you're never you, you never know it all, and and that's how I was raised, um, and I think that's that's why people are successful. I think you you know once you think you know it all, obviously, it, I, I think that's probably when when you probably ought to stop or quit doing what you're doing because things change. Um, you know, in business, the business world changes, and so that's the same thing with basketball. It it changes, it evolves, and I think that's why it, it's such a great game. Uh, Coach Rady, do you think if you'd have kept coaching for a little bit longer, that Jack Butcher would have uh, put on his coaching shoes and coached more himself? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that one. Really. <laughs> <laughs> what did it, do you remember where you were at, and what does it mean to uh, to you to be a member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame? Ooh, I tell you, yeah, when uh, Mr. Pitts. I uh, was on a committee, and uh, I was at Terrell South. I was up in the weight room, and he walks in and tells me, and I was speechless, and tears rolled down my eyes and or down my cheeks. I couldn't, I couldn't talk for about four or five minutes, and uh, because uh, I never dreamed of. I mean, for a country pumpkin like me who came from little town of Rochdale and uh, you know struggled to. And to, you know, I uh, Antwerp College was uh, you know made me. I mean, I it was very as a liberal arts, and you know, I didn't know what classical music was or philosophy or uh, different forms of art, and and so and I I came out even enjoying Tchaikovsky's first movement, piano concerto, first movement. I thought that's one of I didn't know it was classical music. I thought, wow. So uh, and needing Dutch and so forth and just start coaching. You know, when I started coaching to be in the Hall of Fame and I still at the time I said, You sure? I mean I do not I said, you know, who's in there? I don't know if I've done anything. You know, that was it back in two thousand two and and just like the awards that won the National Federation. I mean, that was something that I'm not, you know and then then I just had to stop and thank my good Lord and thank for all the coaches that helped me. I just I know I've dwelled on that too, probably too much, uh, Billy, but boy, I don't know. I don't recall a coach that I called and asked. And, and Patrick related to Mr. Patterson. Now, that, that was Paul Patterson who coached the long years at Taylor University and, and he coached at uh, high school here in high school Kentucky. And we were very good friends. We were teammates. I was a year ahead of him. And, and so he was a year behind me in Hanover, but we remained friends and we talked basketball every year. And we, we talked just on him want to go to some practice and so forth. So, uh, But, you know, a lot of times you find a woman who has that nice recipe, whether it's a cookie or a cake or a, how she fixes her 
stew or something, they really they'll give you the recipe, but they'll leave something out because they don't want you to be able to duplicate it. You know, I've never met a coach that I thought done that to me. I I would sit down and I'd call or I'd go meet him, and they would sit down and talk and help me and and uh, right to the end. I, and I, I'm glad to hear my son realizing that because that is uh, coaches uh, are are so helpful and uh, that's uh, that's my philosophy and then that's. That's how I think I'll be able to stay in it. But, yeah, that was a special moment, and uh, I'll never forget it. Just like the, where I was when I was teaching a class in New Albany when they came across the, the uh, intercom that President Kennedy was shot. And uh, that was a uh, very moment, and then, but I've been very pleased. And, and uh, the, uh, a lot of good things have happened to me. Who ever thought that the highway and Bainbridge and Highway 36, but renamed Pat Radyway, and uh, that is something that, uh, you know, you, you just don't, uh, when you look back on it and all the, the things that uh, you just, you're very fortunate to, to be able to, just to be a basketball coach in Indiana, that was enough for me, and then to get some of these accolades that have come my way, a lot of it is just the fact that I've been at it a long time and been at it for many years, but most of all, it's happened because so many coaches, so many players, whether it's a head coach or my assistants or the, and the parents. You know, parents allowed their players to play for me, Billy, that like I said, it wasn't easy and maybe I wasn't the best one. I, sometimes I'd get after them in a game, and, and I know that's not the best way to do I don't think I ever swore to a player. I, I, you might, down the road, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I, you don't hear me swear to kids or that type, but I do demand and to be certain to act certain ways, have certain haircuts, and we had to go through certain times, certain periods of time that that was not always the easiest thing for them to do. And for them to sacrifice and do that, for have parents allow their their young men to be associated with me, you know, that was a, they was taking a risk at, at that. And so I hope I haven't let any of them down, and it's been, uh, it's been fun. And, uh, and thank you for helping to reminisce and bring back some of those memories because uh, uh, they are cherished memories. Now, now, just one other question. You have a brother, Michael. Is Michael in coaching? No. Uh, no, but he, he's in leadership. Uh, he's HR uh, with Pepsi in over six states, I believe, in, uh, in the Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia, Kentucky, um, Tennessee. Tennessee area. Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. So uh, he was a, a college tennis player. They got to the uh, Division Two championships as a, as a doubles doubles player so he's he's very competitive uh we have run a, a couple marathons together we were fortunate to 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 run boston a, a couple times through his um connection with gatorade so uh, we we share a, a similar uh desire for you know, competing and like you said, uh, both still, you know, he, he's a he's in a leadership role. It's just different. He's he's leading adults. We're we're leading um, young men, but it's 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 all the same. You know, a lot of people don't believe this, and I, I want to get it on record. But occasionally, depending upon which way the wind blew in Terre Haute, it kind of smelled bad at times, didn't it? <laughs> Very, especially in that southwest part of the Coach Coach Rady and uh, Coach Patrick Rady. 
Thank you so much for your time. I, I, I went a little bit long. This is going to be a, everybody is going to enjoy this thoroughly. This is going to, I'm going to go ahead and put it on podcast today, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, it'll air on Sunday night between 8 and 9 p.m. Eastern, time, Eastern Standard Time on KTNA Radio. But thank you so much for spending some time with us to help keep the nostalgia alive. Good luck up on your season. And both of you coaches, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Billy. And thanks, thank you for keeping the nostalgia alive. Yeah, thank you, Billy. I appreciate it. It has been our pleasure, and uh, it's great that a person that's living in Texas or had his uh, start in Indiana has not forgot us and forgot the great game that is played here in high school uh, basketball in, in the great state of Indiana.